following is a member of the Growler Media Podcast Network. Find out more at growlermedia.com. Ming's not unbeatable. With all his men, he couldn't even kill Flash. Gordon's alive! Welcome to Flash Gordon Minute, presenting your hosts... From Minute of Darkness and the Cosmic Geppetto Podcast, Brad. And introducing your intrepid explorer of Planet Mongo, Eric. Minute 86 of Flash Gordon. Eric, how are you doing today? I am great. I just downed my quote-unquote power potion, so I'm really ready for this episode. This- it's just it's just Red Bull and vodka, man. It's eh, eh, but hey, whatever gets you through it. All right, we have again, uh, Eric. Who do we have with us for the final day of this week? For the final day of the week, Robert Black from Michael Myers Minute. Yes, and I'm drinking Monster, not Red Bull. Oh, here. okay. <laughs> Still power potion. <laughs> yes, it, it sure is. Gosh, for a period of time, everyone was, uh, there was just a bunch of, and, and you, you'll see them now, uh, all these 20-somethings getting the monster, like, three claw mark tattooed, and I was like, eh, that, that doesn't seem like something's going to age fantastic. Maybe they were sponsored. Maybe, maybe. I actually worked with a girl who uh, worked for, like, a startup company, and the, the boss is, like, offered to pay for her, like, offered to pay for the tattoo, and give her money on top of that if she got the company logo tattooed on her. And she did it. I was like, wow. I think I would do that. I, I guess. I want more tattoos. I just, they cost money. They do. All right, a quick roll call. Eric, Eric, I don't know if we've asked this before. Are you, <laughs> are you, are you tatted up? I, I, there's not a single drop of ink on me. Okay, all right, fair, fair. I have three. I have uh, a deer on my leg for my grandmother, because she loved deer. And on each of my uh, shoulders, I have uh, I have two tattoos. One on my left shoulder for my oldest son Chase, and one on my right shoulder uh, for my uh, for my twins. But but this isn't tattoo minute. This is Flash Gordon minute. So uh, Eric, walk us through what happens in minute eighty six. Deplane, deplane. <clears throat> sorry, I, I I was leaving tattoo minute. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's good. Island Timely. in 2018. Very good. Thank you. Yes, I, I like to go for the current hip references. <laughs> so uh, we're gonna we're gonna start out with some stuff that you guys alluded to uh, yesterday. Um, Aura says that she never knew the kind of person Ming is. <laughs> um, this is part of her change of heart, um, and Dale believes her, and I believe her too. And so if she is speaking the truth, then we find out later in the movie she is speaking the truth. There's only, I can only think of a couple explanations, so you guys tell me if you can think of any others. One explanation is Ming just shielded her from everything and just, you know, kept her in the dark. And that doesn't sound like Ming because I don't think Ming would care enough. I think just Ming does whatever he wants and could care less if Aura knows what he does. Or she was consciously ignorant of it. And I'm more leaning towards that that she chose to turn the blind eye to what was going on around her. I can't think of any other possible explanation other than those two, though. I don't know. What do you guys think? All I can think of is she's really dumb. <laughs> I think that she is naive, a liar, an idiot, or all three. <laughs> her father has a harem. She's thrown into it. 
she knows it exists. She knows he takes a power potion before he makes love. She's not blind. She just feels bad because Clytus put the boar worms on her. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, yeah, it, you're right. It does go back to the last minute where, you know, now that she's been tortured, now that she's going to be uh, exiled, you know, all of a sudden she has all this empathy. But it, it is such malarkey that she did not know this because he, you're right. Ming did not hide this at all. He doesn't hide anything. He, he's killed people in front of her with his, there's floating death orbs. It's a liar, liar, burning pants all over the place. And in a different draft of the script, she tells Dale about her mother being thrown into outer space. Okay, yeah, let's, you know she what, knows. Let's, let's jump, let's, you know what, let's jump ahead to that, because uh, I was going to get into that this minute. In the first draft of the script, there's an exchange here in this scene between Aura and Dale that uh, I, I, I had to share with everybody. So here we go. Aura is telling Dale that she saw Flash, in this version of the script, uh, Flash falls, and uh, Aura says that she saw Flash die. Aura legitimately thinks that Flash is dead. She's telling Dale. So, Dale says, no, it's not true. Aura gently says, it is. They saw him fall a mile into the glaciers of Phrygia. Dale, <laughs> Dale closes her eyes, says, oh, Flash, no, you can't be dead. It doesn't make any sense. Now, I, I don't know why it wouldn't make any sense. I can see why that line was taken out. Uh, I'm not sure how being dead, not being dead doesn't make any sense. Well, he did come back from being dead once already. I guess so. So she's like, right, he can't be dead because he's already, he's, he's going to, he can return. All right. I like, I'll go with that. Aura says, when I think of being given to Clytus, I wish it was myself who had fallen. Dale then says, and she's supposed to give this line meaning blazing is the word they used. Okay. (laughs) I don't believe you. You, you awful Mongo person, you were born without a heart. So there's that uh, Mongo line from yesterday. Yeah, apparently everything else got to go, but they love yes, Mongo person. they kept the awful Mongo person line. It's a good line. <laughs> Aura says, then what is it that melts into my eyes, Del Arden? Feel it breaking. And here's, here's a stage direction. A tear runs down Aura's cheeks. Get ready for this one, okay? You know a man wrote this. She seizes Dale's hand and presses it against her wonderful breast. (laughs) Dale is really moved. Dale says, you poor kid, don't you have a mom to talk to? (laughs) Aura says, Ming tired of her, he blew my mother into outer space. I look into the night sky sometimes and wonder what star she's orbiting. Dale says, God, Aura, no wonder you've had problems, that (laughs) bastard. And then here's the final uh, uh, stage direction, and then the scene ends once again. Oh, boy, did a man write this stage direction. (laughs) Dale embraces Aura. They cling to each other, bosom against bosom, in perfect womanly understanding. End scene. Well, you got to include the music note, too. Did I'm I miss that? The script right now. Golden chords are heard. Doors open. <laughs> <laughs> Brad, Brad, please react. Brad, Brad please react. It, you just know that this there there was. If this had been written ten years later, is like, and then they make out a little. It's like, <laughs> right guys, right guys. That, that's how women are, right? They've already had the pillow fight. Good God! <laughs> that's what comes next. If Hedonia doesn't walk in and interrupt. What's the what's the point of it otherwise? It's like Frank, just take it easy, take it easy. It's like no, there's a pillow fight, and they, then they take a little, and then they kiss. Come on, what, what are we doing? <laughs> Why are we wasting time? Let's let's just Weinstein the whole thing. All right, so so then what? 
Well, <laughs> well, again, another point that we talked about a bit yesterday that I just wanted to bring up again today um, is, you know, um, Robert, specifically, you mentioned, you know, the, the sudden change of heart based solely on the boarworms. Yeah. And, you know, as we spoke about a couple of weeks ago, Aura, of course, is not the first person to have a sudden change of heart. She's ready to give Dale poison to kill Ming, but Baron, of course... Uh, his heart changed, you know, with the flip of a switch. It's, you know, he was hated Flash, hated Flash, hated Flash, Flash saves him. Immediately, I'm following Flash. So, well, at it, least it is, Flash it's saved not his the life. First one. Yeah. No one saved Aura's life. No, you're right. Yeah, nobody saved her life. But she's hoping. She's hoping to get out of this mess. And, uh, I, 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 yeah. It's. With Baron. And we talked a lot about Baron's change of heart. And it, 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 it was a bit. Hinky, but it feels a little less malarkey-ish than this because Baron was at least a fighter. So you could sort of see him being impressed by somebody who could outfight him and then showed mercy. Uh, this is, I could almost, and this is in the direction they went, but I could almost see that if Flash, if Baron had seen Flash save someone else the way that he saved him, him still being swayed. Um, and I don't base, I can't base on anything other than, you know, just the, sort of the nuances I saw from Timothy Dalton's performance. But this is still, you know, Aura doesn't have near that good of, uh, yeah, it, it, motivation. It's just, uh, it, it, yeah, it, it's nothing she says is really believable. She's just naive and didn't want to see the truth and, but now that she's been the one tortured, it's like, oh, yeah, I didn't realize. He's like, you liar. Yeah, she didn't know who her father was, but he raised her to carry poison around in her dress. And then also later in this minute, she says, you know, Ming has never... He never kept a vow in his life. Yeah. She knows who he is. Maybe she just heard that Dale escaped from this harem earlier, and so she's trying to manipulate her way in, figure out how to get out. That's that's a, <laughs> a good point. That's a good point. Although, it does, the one thing I will say, it doesn't seem like she's playing the angles anymore. Uh, she's, everything else that she did that was cunning, it was very obviously that she was being cunning because, like her father, she had felt no need to be, like, really duplicitous or, you know, hiding her intentions. So this, I don't know. Well, I think if anyone believes Aura here, it is the actress who is playing her. She thinks Aura has a change of heart. Because she is playing, she's playing that up. And it's good because we want to root for Aura and we want to root for her and Baron to get together at the end. So the, the, she, she, has to, she has to make it work and, and she does. Eric, are you, you still there? Oh, yeah. Lost you for a minute. Oh, okay. yeah. I'm I thought, thought, thought we lost you for a second. What, what are your thoughts on this? Uh, well... You know, I I I said earlier. I think I I I buy I buy Aura. I mean, I I I I definitely see the point of view that like, oh, you know, she just had the Borborns on her, and so she's been wrong, and and that's it. But I I buy that. You know, it took her father doing all this evil stuff directly to her that he never had. Remember earlier in the movie, the two of them are practically flirting. I mean, this was a very yeah. inappropriate relationship between father and daughter. And she knows so, about his power potion. Yeah, and so, you know, she, you know, for him to stand there and watch the boar worms be used on her is, 
you know, com- completely destroying the too close relationship that she's had with him. So I can, I, I, I do buy that this being something that really does legitimately change her heart. I mean, she is willing to give Dale the poison to kill him. I mean, this is, you know, it's kind of like, you know, whatever the reason is, it almost doesn't even matter. It's just, you know, she's willing to assist in his assassination. And it's sort of like, who even cares why she does it? The fact that she's willing to do it, you know, puts her on the side of the people we're rooting for, you know? Yeah. Being raised by Ming, she's so damaged and evil that anything good is believable, you know? Yeah, I mean, she's she's a product of, you know, it's incredible that considering who she was raised by, that she is not every bit as evil as Ming. Right, right. Yeah, she's sort of fun evil. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, she just drops off her boyfriends with her other boyfriend who might kill them. (laughs) Right. That's all. So, let's all right. Let's talk about the poison, Eric. What 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 goes on with the poison? Well, it's interesting that you guys both alluded to uh, the the power potion being something caffeine based because I, I thought I read this entirely as Ming uses Viagra. I didn't think this was like a, a, a Red Bull type thing at all. This is Ming's taking <laughs> Viagra. Yeah, yeah, predating the actual Viagra by about. Nobody's going to admit that they know when Viagra came out, right? <laughs> Not offhand, no. I didn't look it up. I, I do know the story behind Viagra because I worked with a woman who previously worked for the company that produced it. And uh, she said, it's a true story, people. Uh, uh, as far as I know, it's a true story. But the Viagra was originally presented as, like, a, like I think, a heart medication. Yeah. And they um, were in the test cycle, and they realized it didn't help. The, the heart maladies that it was supposed to, so they were going to take everyone off the test. And all the wives of the men taking the Viagra, like, called in. It's like, no, 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 keep keep them on. It's, 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 <laughs> I think his heart's getting better. Please. Something's getting better. Yeah. Yeah, it's pumping. His heart? It's like, sure, why not? <laughs> uh, all right. So, yes, uh, this, this scene, I predated... Uh, the concept of uh, Viagra by decades. So, yeah, yeah. He's... Ming isn't above getting himself... A... Well, I guess we shouldn't be surprised. If he's willing to knock the poor girls... If he's willing to Cosby his poor uh, concubines and wives, why wouldn't he like get get himself some help, too? Yeah, with exactly. a drink with no name. Yes, it has no and name. A power potion right. with no name. <laughs> so, I think, Brad, I think this is what you're getting at, though. Dale says that she won't kill Ming... Because she gave her word of honor to try to be a good wife if he spares Sarkov and Baron. Yeah. Now, you know, even before Aura says, my, my father's never kept a vow in his life. I don't understand how Dale could possibly believe him. So she's saying, she says, you know, we're, we're a human. We keep our word. It's something that separates us from you. <laughs> and, and, and it's like... I, Aside from the, makes us better makes than Makes us you. better than you, right. Even worse. So, I mean, aside from the fact that many humans don't keep their word, so I'm not even sure what she's basing it on, but she's willing to give her life, the rest of her life, over to be a sex slave to this insane maniac to save two people that she just met, who Ming's probably going to kill anyway. And so I'm wondering, did she make this offer to Ming, or did Ming go to her? And say, I'll tell you what, 
you know, make things easy. And, and it even goes it even goes deeper than that. It's not just that she's willing to be basically his slave until he decides that he doesn't want her anymore uh, to save these people. Also, don't forget, there's billions of people on planet Earth that are going to be royally screwed that she could potentially save if she uh, put a cap on this particular situation. I'm, I'm just saying, it's like, you know, on Earth everyone's like, give him the poison, break your word, we do it all the time. I forget, yeah, well, does Dale this... know the countdown? Uh, yes, right yes, Zarkov, Zarkov right? she's the one that Zarkov tells it to, actually. Okay. In fact, that makes this just as bad as I, I called Flash out on a, in a previous episode about how I couldn't believe he didn't just tell Ming, yeah, sure, I'll join you, I'll rule, rule Earth to save Earth, and then just figure out later how to lead a revolt against him. Dale's yeah, doing so he the chooses same... death over a kingdom. Yeah, Dale's doing the same thing here, kill Ming, and then just figure out the consequences after he's dead. Yeah. Dale, you suck. <laughs> But at least she gets to throw some, I don't know, extraterrestrial shade? I don't know. Does it make us better than you? Australia is sinking right now. But, oh, I kept my word. It's like, right now there's a bunch of Australians just flipping her off. (laughs) Canada's on fire. Poison him. There's hot hail. Come on. Eric, what other notes do you have for minutes 86? Well, I have finished my notes for this week. Wow. Okay. You know, this was an interesting minute. Not actually a whole lot happens. It's just a little bit of dialogue after so much excitement. Uh, I just, watching this, is like, boy, Dale. Dale sucks because she's not really looking at the big picture. She really is condescending to Aura, who, who, you know, on the other hand, deserves it, but still. And also her uh, over-reliance on the integrity of the human race, I, I just... We, we will lie. Um, I looked at the storybook, like the kids' book and the comic. The word of honor stuff isn't in the storybook, and the poison isn't in the comic, which I thought was strange. Concerned about kids reading about poison? But I don't know. I mean, Well, yeah, the key. poison is in the storybook, but not in the comic. Oh, so it's in the storybook, but not the comic. Oh. Yeah. And then the thing about word of honor isn't in the storybook. It's like a weird mix of what doesn't make it. Well, you know, I mean, the thing is about those storybooks and those comic books, I mean, they, they, because of production schedules, they base those sometimes on scripts that are not final scripts. Yeah. So, I mean, that's probably what happened there. It's what, and also with the comics, they need to cut so much stuff out. Yeah, because, that's true. Yeah. Um, I remember reading the, the comic book adaption of the first Batman film. And uh, you, you're referring to, they go by the earlier drafts or stuff, and they actually included a scene that I believe was uh, in the special features where the police come at the end of the Batman the first Batman film they come across the what they think is the body of Batman and it turns out to be Robert Wall in the Batman cape <laughs> what <laughs> yeah like Batman got away but they thought he fell to his death and somehow Robert Wall found the cape and just lay down I was like why, why would he do why would, why would he lay yeah, down yeah uh, and I guess it's like I don't know. Apparently, when they like filmed it, they thought Arliss was going to be a much bigger deal than it ended up being because uh, it didn't make much sense and it gave more focus on a character you did not care about from that movie. I don't think Arliss no, even existed yet, did it? No, no, no. 
Yeah, probably not, but you know, the joke works better if I reference some sort of <laughs> crappy HBO comedy that wasn't very funny that has Shaquille O'Neal guest star every third episode. I have one last note. I regret that I am missing by I think it's sixteen seconds the best transition in cinematic history. Yeah, go ahead. Dale, say, Dale says nothing can save me now, and then Queen jumps in and says flash. <laughs> uh, it's classic. We um, we have so much great Queen stuff um, coming up, and we, we haven't heard Queen for a little bit. No, uh, yeah, we've we've been in a, actually a very long Queen drought. Um, <laughs> it, it's been actually quite a while. Uh, They're going to come which, back big. Which, you know, this is one of the things you find out when you do a, a movie minute by minute, is I never realized how long of a stretch we do go here in the middle of this movie without any queen. Yeah, but they're coming back big time. Oh, so, yeah. Uh, it's basically all queen than the rest of the movie. Looking forward to it. It's going to be great stuff. Uh, Robert, thank you so much for joining us this thank week. Thank you for having me. Uh, one last time, uh, let people know where they can find out more about your little piece of the minute by minute world. Uh, you can follow on Facebook or Twitter, my, at Myers Minute. Or Instagram, Michael Myers Minute. They're looking at Halloween one minute at a time. Uh, I recommend people check that out. Uh, Robert's been a fantastic guest. And, uh, you know, Halloween was... And the the sequels had a varying degree of quality. And But uh, the the first film especially, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, who's just an amazing actress... Um, it, it was a really solid movie, and they've been able to go, sort of go back and recapture that magic every now and then, um, and uh, some really interesting stuff, and set a lot of the tropes that people sort of roll their eyes at. They were really affecting in uh, the first Halloween film, so uh, it was a surprisingly good and uh, well done movie. So um, you should definitely check out and see what Robert has to 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 to, to say. Alright, so uh, Eric, where can people find out more about Flash Gordon Minute? Uh, come chat with us on Facebook in the Flash Gordon Minute Listener's Vortex, or on Twitter at Flash Gordon Pod, or on email flashgordonminute at gmail.com. Uh, we ask everyone to give a rating review on iTunes, it helps our visibility, and uh, you know, we uh, you know we gotta say, uh, Eric, we, we, we try to do this, we gotta say thanks to the, the great guys at uh, Star Wars Minute. They are the trailblazers in uh, this, this world that we all participate in, and uh, it w- w- wouldn't be the same without them. Yep, love the Star Wars Minute, guys. Thank you guys for creating this world. And uh, i got to also thank you, Eric. Uh, you are an amazing uh, co-host, and I've been having so much fun. Uh, to the people, the um, little behind-the-scenes world, we were almost able to meet up in real life. Eric was going to try to come down to my house for a... Uh, for, for a little housewarming party, but we weren't able to make it happen. But uh, we're, we're, we're going to have to get, my, like, you guys down here or my family up to New York, and we've got to get uh, all the, the, the families together. Yeah, that's right, people. We are in minute 86, and Brad and I have never met in person. Yeah, so another great week. Uh, so much fun. But, uh, I don't know, I got, some, uh, I got something weighing upon me, Eric. Once again, a lot of, yeah, carrying a lot of weight. Carrying a lot of weight this week. Yeah, yeah. Put the weight right on me. As this, when this episode comes out, uh, we'll, I believe we'll have be, the NFL season will have begun. Yes. And I'm just worried because uh, I've been insufferable because my Eagles are the world champions. They won the Super Bowl, which has never happened before. They've never won a Super Bowl. And uh, I'm, just, I'm just counting down the days because it's hard to repeat unless you're the Patriots. And uh, 
I, I just, I'm just, just, just worried that the, the day's going to come where I'm no longer gonna be able to lord it over all the Cowboys fans in the office. Oh, don't worry about too much that too much. You know why? Because if you're really concerned about getting a big head about Eagles fan, then you know that you don't have, at the very least, you're not a Jets fan. And that's the most important thing. But for all of you Jets fans who are out there continuing to live your lives for some reason rooting for the Jets, don't worry about it because he's on your team. Flash will save every one of us. Stay tuned next week because the action's heating up. General Kala dispatches War Rocket Ajax and Flash Gordon flies into a hail of gunfire. Our guest in the studio is VJ and photographer Graylin Hughes, and incredible adventures await you here on Flash Gordon Minute. Strong enough to be my man, my man.